1: Brodnik. We, we love scams. Love scams. <laughs> Guys, we love scams. We love you. We love this podcast. We love that music.
2: Katie, how are you doing? How is quarantine?
1: Better. Uh, I sprained my ankle in quarantine, which is so bizarre because it's the only time I've been that active in my life. And the one time I'm active, then I sprained my ankle. Um, and I, well, you're not supposed to be active right now because everybody's. Sick, I know. So, so then, so then I really screwed myself over. But I've realized I've never had a sports injury, and neither. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real drama kid, and I just like can't get over it like I'm like guys it's been more than the three to six weeks it's been eight weeks and my parents who are both athletes are like yeah is it still sprained different it's just healing today and today I went for my first tiny little run and I basically tiptoed around my neighborhood (laughs) you know what so nervous I never
0: had
2: an injury but I always wanted one for the attention. Me too. I wanted like a broken
1: arm so people
2: could sign my cast and I never got anything.
1: I wanted a hot pink cast or hot pink boot or something. Yes. But now when you age out of it, it's just (laughs) not as fun. It's not a good look. It's not as cute. It's not a good look. Well, I'm here for you. Take some calcium supplements. You'll be (laughs) fine. (laughs) Yeah. Really, it's not a big problem. I'm just (laughs) shocked because I've never injured myself before because I just started taking my exercise seriously when they told us specifically not to move and leave our home i haven't exercised in months who
2: cares (laughs) who cares oh i do have to tell you um jeffrey epstein i need to update everybody in case they don't know gilane his um co-conspirator was found and captured and taken to jail in brooklyn so she
1: wait, what do you mean captured? Not captured, but like oh. arrested. <laughs> was like, wait, was she kidnapped? And then they're like, never mind, we'll take you to jail. <laughs> no, she wasn't captured, but she was arrested. in.
2: Um, what did she do? In New Hampshire, the FBI. She was like the one who would like ref- recruit girls for, she would like go to the oh, park. Oh,
1: Jeffrey Epstein. I was thinking of Jeffrey Starr. <laughs> No, Jeffrey Epstein, the one who's that read it I read every night. Guy. Very two different people, both creepy. Sorry, I was thinking Jeffrey Starr was doing some creepy shit too, but no, Jeffrey Epstein's best friend? Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein's like, madam. Like,
2: you know Jeffrey Epstein, the pedophile? Yeah. Yeah, yep, you know the story. Who yeah, like, did pedophile. not kill himself, but probably did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, Ghislaine is arrested. Everyone thinks that she's either going to spill the tea or kill herself, probably, or like kill herself, not really kill herself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so she's in jail. Um, all this is such bizarre shit in this world. And yeah. we've talked about this before that when we brought up scam, wow, it was during Trump. It was when everything in the world was really falling apart. The beginning of Trump. And so scams just, yeah, scams just feel so stupid stupid and so even though this is horrific we're like she got captured it's (laughs) 2020 like (laughs) 2020 just keeps getting worse and worse 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 and no offense it's horrible but it's real bizarre bizarre. yeah yeah
2: Yeah. so there's her and then I also wanted to recommend um (laughs) unsolved mysteries on Netflix they did a reboot of the classic show and it's so good is it yes there's one episode about UFOs which I loved
1: (gasps) I want to see.
2: Yes. It's just, and it's, it's all, I don't know if you'll like it. It's all mysterious murders, but they don't. Well, if there's anything with kids, but, I hate it. Nothing with kids, but they don't show anything <laughs> gruesome, which I love. I think that's very tactful.
1: Same. I like a mystery. I love a mystery, to be fair. Um, but, guys, I love our guest. <laughs> Quick segue. This guest is one of my favorite people in the world. Very cool. Um, has cool jeans and sneakers. So cool, guys. Welcome, (laughs) musician, writer, poet laureate, painter, Connor Connor Brownick. My brother. This is her brother.
3: Thank you. Hey, very happy to be here. Glad to
2: have you. Connor, I know nothing about what you've brought for us today. Um, (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to say nothing about you. (laughs) That's
3: okay, too. That sort of would fit my kind of esoteric theme of this scam anyway, which is going to be very. Tough to debunk <laughs> for us three, I think. So oh. I think it'll be very fun.
1: All right. What do you got for us? <laughs> it's so exciting. It's an old timey scam. Yeah, this
3: is an old timey scam. And this is something that I've just been reading about. Um, so a bit of context is I got a really bad injury at the <laughs> start of ankle? quarantine. It was even worse, and it was so bad that I was bedridden. It was I was immobile for five oh weeks right at the start of quarantine. Yeah. So it started in April and I was bedridden until mid-May. It was miserable. And so I had a lot of time to just look shit up. Wait,
2: no pressure to like define <laughs> your medical history or anything. That's private to everybody, but like what was it? No, it, you can't say it
3: soon. It was just like so debilitating. You're I right? was immobile. It it was like it was like a Oh, I was injury. gonna say
2: you broke your yeah, balls. Can tell you, off <laughs> you? You, you You broke your balls.
3: It was Yeah, I broke my balls in half, and now I have four tiny
2: balls. That must get sweaty, though.
3: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay.
2: (laughs) Okay. So we're laid up in bed with a sick groin. He's doing great, guys.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So I had all this time to myself, and I was reading a lot about, like, um, just ancient orders as people do and kind of old religions (laughs) and old mystical religions. Like the Masons? You know, and the yes. Freemasons yeah. exactly, and this is all this is all about the Freemasons okay. kind of. Awesome. So essentially, there's this religious group um, called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Yes, and
2: sounds are, crazy, yeah. <laughs> sounds creepy already.
3: And it kind of had its genesis in like I think 1888, and it was so fractured uh, by some accounts, or totally defunct by other accounts by 1903. Whoa. So it was really just this little Real 15 short, year, sweet. <laughs> yeah, just a little 15 year religion. Just take it and leave it. A little spunky group. Know? Great,
2: <laughs> did you say 1888 to 1903?
3: Yeah. Oh, just, wow. Just, just a tight oh, yeah. little number. Just a little, little. A <laughs> tight little color. worship number. Yeah. Um, and it was all the members and all the founders were uh, Freemasons first and foremost. And then a subcategory, they were part of this kind of mystical society called the Societas Rosicruciana in Anglia, which is like the English Rosicrucian society. Whoa. And it's Who just knows? like a mystical kind of occult hermetic like ritualistic subset of the Freemasons. I don't know what any
1: of those were. <laughs> so
3: it's maybe the Freemasons, but a little more concerned with... Wait, what are the Freemasons? The Freemasons are just uh, like somewhere between a world order and a boys club.
1: Okay. Oh, I think I knew that.
2: <laughs> but they're still around. Like, masons yeah. are yeah. still around. Like in my hometown, there's like a Masonic temple. I no we,
3: we grew up like 15 feet from a Masonic lodge. No, but... Mormon uh, temple? N- no, not the Mormon temple. Um. Do you remember where the fortune teller lived on Knowles? N- yes. That across the street from that house, where the Boy Scouts sold their Christmas trees. Yes. that's was a Freemason lodge. The, the symbol. It looks oh, like a protractor. I
1: thought, yes. Yeah.
3: That's a Freemason lodge.
1: I thought that was an old people's home. No. <laughs> Well, I mean, they and are all
2: old who they are did look old. elderly. We
3: had a joke. My friend and I had a joke in like middle school or high school that it was just where a bunch of old men got naked and played checkers. And that's always it, it what I imagine on the inside. And I don't think that's too far off.
1: I don't there think that is Greek places in my neighborhood where I'm sure there's just tons of old men playing checkers.
3: Yeah. Oh, my God. Kensington, naked Maryland. for
2: sure.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Wait, so we have this
2: Golden Dawn. And then this Anglican thing—they're both the same group, or they're members of a different, or they're different groups.
3: So it's like Freemasons are the top group, sure. And then beyond that, it's this Rosicrucian Order Uh society, and that's like a little bit more mystical and a little bit more religious, but not explicit as explicit.
1: Is it the same people?
3: It's it's all getting narrower and narrower. Okay. So within the Freemasons, there are these people who are elected uh, to this Rosicrucian society. And okay. uh, be- from members of that, these folks strove to create their own religion, essentially, which Whoa. is kind of what we're going to get into, whether they created it or who created it or how they tried to authenticate it. But essentially from there, people made another subdivision and created this religion called... Uh, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn.
2: Okay, so <laughs> we've got the Freemasons, and then if you're a special Freemason, you get to be a Rusticrucian, and if you're a special yeah. Rusticrucian, or if you want to start a religion, you're a Golden Dawn.
3: Yeah, yeah, okay. that's like, there. there's people are already in the society within the Freemasons, and they're like, dude, I got to tell you about this Don't. kind of pagan-y religion we got going on. It's the best. Great. So come on over. Great. Um so that's that's where it starts. And I guess where
1: is this taking place?
3: This is all in London. Oh okay. Okay. But we're gonna go across. We're gonna get a little okay. we're gonna get a little far out. We're gonna go to different parts of Wait, Europe. We're gonna good. go to Germany. Let
2: me just read oh. a, a little wiki on the Freemasons. So I feel like we didn't define it enough for people. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Uh, Freemasonry or masonry consists of fraternal organizations that trace their origins to the local fraternities of stonemasons that from the end of the 14th century regulated the qualifications of stonemasons and their interactions with authorities and clients. That is... Sounds sketchy and vague.
1: <laughs> Wait, but it sounds like the stonemasons from the medieval ages were the original bros. Yeah. Well, like
2: they guys. started the bro yeah. clubs.
3: There's a lore. You know, people believe that the Freemasons have had kind of a hand in every pot. And a lot of presidents. Like the mafia. Presidents mm-hmm. are Freemasons and people kind of implicate them with different global crises and events more and less. It's It's kind of. More and less paranoid.
1: Yeah. How do I not know more about this? I'm into it. I know. It <laughs> <That> was cool. <laughs> well, that's what. It's old timey and Bob combined. It's just like cool. I mean, I'm sure it's, and filled it's scary. And it's scary. Yeah, it's exactly. scary. It's but scary. it sounds cool. Because
3: yeah. it's with all this thing, it's like, okay, what did these 900 years of white men have to lie about? That was so important. Oh, that they're, they had to make it they're a thing, also You know, it's just like, what is. What?
2: The oh, they fucked each other. Well, our, our <laughs> definitely while playing checkers.
3: Poppy yeah. was a Freemason. No, our Poppy was a Freemason.
1: No, he was in the Lions Club.
3: I know, but he was also a Freemason. Our paternal oh. grandfather.
1: One he, of the best he, men in the world. Poppy. Yeah,
3: Poppy, Poppy was a Freemason. One year, but you know, you don't have to hear that much. <laughs> Wait, one year? <laughs> We're just telling secrets. Yeah, one year, but <laughs> he
1: lost one year due to cancer. <laughs> That's not that part of it.
3: You only need one ear to tell to listen to secrets because they're so quiet. Yeah. You don't need a big two ears. I should have
2: asked him more you about the
1: Freemasons. One.
2: Okay, so we're in England. Yeah. Yes.
3: So, this Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, their uh, the set of documents that establish the church are called the Cipher Manuscripts. And that's that's where my idea of the scam comes from, right? Okay. Because at the end of the day all this stuff is just like antiquated Religion. shit. Religion that is cool in my opinion. Yeah. I think it's cool that all this stuff was going down and the, the religions kind of new agey and it ties in the freemason, so it's a little mysterious and it's a little occult. A lot of like Wicca and a lot of occult lore comes from this era of Yeah of London and the way people, you know, famously, Alistair Crowley was a member of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn briefly. Uh, Yeats, the poet, was a member briefly in and out. So some kind of, some, some actresses and actors from like the birth of uh, silent movies and, and stuff like that and then theater actors were kind of implicated. So there was sort of this societal, cultural thing they had going on that also made them a little more relevant to a normal person versus just being like history.
2: Can I just interrupt <laughs> for a second to say that um, I was dabbling in witchery when I was in high school, <laughs> like in Wicca. I was so fascinated and I was on um, a chat room, a Wiccan chat room. It was like m- my pride and joy. I loved it. Um, Wait, Sue? So, yeah.
1: We are great friends because I also dabbled in Wicca <laughs> yes, in high I knew it. <laughs> I were... Connor and I are Unitarians too, as well as being all the and other Jewish. Religions. We were and raised Jewish. Unitarian. We were raised, we were raised
3: Unitarian. Yeah. How I and would
1: describe it. a witch did come to one of our Unitarian events, and I was like, she gets it. So jealous.
3: I was like, she can get it. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> we went to. It was a
2: very relaxed church. <laughs> okay. So yeah. my church took a trip to a mission trip to New Orleans because you know I was like in a like hey. conservative trip. Yeah. Um, Intense. Uh, yeah. and I bought tarot cards, and my pastor was like, "I just don't know why
1: you would buy those." Right? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, "Just wait ten years, but <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna know the real me." I'm a witch.
3: You're like, "That is such a the tower thing to say."
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you give him a card that said he's only gonna have one eye, and you're <laughs> like, <"It's>... <laughs> 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 Okay,
2: sorry. Back to okay. Connor's really good research. Yates, Aleister Crowley, all these people, they're members. It's a real thing.
3: Yeah, they're members. So essentially, and and I'm trying to relate it to the scam so that we can get to scamming about it. No, just but, take
1: your time. Take your time. <laughs> We're <laughs> having fun interrupting you. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I'm learning yeah, all about really my grandpa.
3: I'm just, have just learned about it in the last couple of months. Uh, so... I'm also, not to say I have a tenuous grasp over the subject <laughs> material. Well,
1: more than us. But
3: it's, it comes and goes. And sometimes I find it very fleeting. So sometimes I try and rattle it all. So essentially, their core, you know, I'm not necessarily going to say their Bible, but the, the like covenant, the textual covenant, uh, are these documents called the Cypher manuscripts that I actually spent all of afternoon looking at the actual PDFs nice. of and reading. And they're totally kooky.
2: Wait, this is of the Golden Dawn, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: So they're, you know, the cipher manuscripts establish um, the Golden Dawn. And the origin of the cipher manuscripts are unknown, essentially. And I think, I think that that's because members of the church sought to intentionally mislead people to give them some credibility and make it seem more like it was sort of mysterious or, you know, if not holy, like otherworldly or mysterious. But, so some people think that, uh, you know, there's this occultist named Frederick Hockley. Um, You know, a lot of his kind of occult writings were collected in the cipher documents. So some people think he wrote them or collected them, or yeah, or like scavenged them from a Freemason's hall. They think him or this guy Robert Little like poached them from Freemasons lodges.
2: So they just appeared one day. Well,
3: that's what they want you to think. Yes. <laughs> <They do. laughs> so I don't, I don't think so. They do. That's that's the first kind of the first uh, piecemeal understanding of them. What what you know or what the story is is. Uh, This guy, Kenneth R.H. McKenzie, who is a linguist, who was famous not for his relationship with the occult or his relationship as like an aristocrat. He just like translated a bunch of stuff in the mid-19th century in England. And he translated a lot of stuff. uh, Like, I think he spoke a bunch of languages and he translated some stuff into German that had never been translated into German and some stuff into English that had never been translated into English and was just kind of famous as, like, you know, not a literary figure, but a linguist.
1: Translator. Uh, Translator.
3: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So he... uh, And here's the thing... (laughs) (laughs) The cipher documents, the cipher manuscripts, are written in his handwriting. Oh, <laughs> so he is the thing. You know, he was the, he was the guy writing them,
1: but <laughs> yeah. that's not. So the he point. lied and yeah. said he translated it, but he really wrote them himself. Well, he
3: didn't even say anything about it. He just <laughs> he's just kind of the middleman. He just comes into the story, but that's that's what you know. He he had them at one point. And it's in his handwriting, um, so it's like, well, you know, what are you gonna do? I'm
2: looking up the word cipher because I know I know what it means, but I don't really know what it means. Um, it is a code. It's like a secret or disguised way of writing a code. So were these written in in
3: code? Yeah, they're written in code. Oh, cool. But okay, but you know, not to just go totally national treasure on them. But it's the shittiest code you could possibly do because, you know, you want to think of a code, it's like you can't tell what's what and it's really hard to decipher. In the cipher manuscripts, it's just like... A equals this. B equals
2: this. Ugh, come on. Give us some symbols. It's
3: just like one to one, 26 letters. She was busy. on. it
1: is a 26
3: 26 letter alphabet, one to one translation. So it's just really inconveniently written. So
2: this guy comes to lunch one day and he's like, Look at these cipher documents I found at the
1: Masons Temple. I definitely did not write them. You'll never believe.
2: Yeah, he's
3: like, I can't even write them. It's made up.
1: But if you want to read them, I have all this information. I can just easily recite it all to you.
3: <laughs> well, so he dies. Okay. Oh, okay. Phew. And then here, here's where we actually get to the church. So none of these two, Frederick Hockley and Kenneth R.H. McKenzie, were not members of the Golden Dawn. It hadn't been created yet. They're just Freemasons and they're just kooks. Um, so then you get uh, this dude, Westcott, who is actually one of the three founders of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. And he gets, essentially, he buys the manuscripts from Mackenzie's wife after Whoa. he dies. Okay. So he buys them off of them. Okay. Um, the weird thing is the guy he buys them from, he, he has like a, uh, he, he sends a buyer out to get them from his wife. And as soon as it's all said and done, and as soon as he's getting people, he's like the, the guy's called AFA Woodward. I know I'm saying a lot of names, right? But the the transporter is this guy called AFA Woodward. As soon as it's all said and done, and as soon as he buys the documents, he goes, "Oh, Woodward found these in an old library, on uh on Farrington Street." He says, "On a book stall in Farrington Street." AFA Woodward found these.
1: What? Oh, so he sent him to do his dirty work, and then immediately denied that it happened.
3: Yeah, and he puts Mackenzie's wife, M- Mackenzie, who's now dead. Yeah, he he puts her in a top level of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, Ooh. so that she is theoretically pledged to secrecy. So she's not going to say. So
1: it's like, oh, so he well gives a real right fancy now. deal. Yeah. yeah.
3: So it's all well documented until this point that this guy, this thing is in his handwriting. It makes sense because, uh, you know, Kenneth McKenzie is the pupil of Frederick Hockley. So it all kind of makes sense. It's like this guy's a famous occultist. His pupil is a great linguist. The linguist kind of collects all of his works into this. He has a wife. She fits document. in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then he dies. But he has the document. And Westcott says, I'll buy it from you. Easy. But then as soon as he buys it, he goes, oh, yeah, that guy's sent to buy it. No, he found it in a book <sighs> stall on Farrington
2: That's Street. a bummer for Mackenzie. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's a bummer for his wife, unless she's living the high life in this uh, high fancy.
2: Yeah.
3: That's a good segue for me, because one of the groovy things about the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn is, compared to other religious institutions, um especially at the time it is super equitable and women are yeah. uh, admitted to and promoted yes, within Wiccan. the clergy and there are women leaders yes, and women, you know, I don't know the names of the higher, you know, uh, clergymen or clergy members or priests in the church. I, I haven't got that far. I don't know that yet, but women have an equal order to men and there is many oh, prominent women too. leading the congregation mm-hmm. as there are men. Great. So that's kind of interesting too, because you have this, you have this kind of dichotomy of this ultra stuffy Freemason ideology and then this kind of radical new agey Wicca-y, yeah. occult-y religious order that they're kind of starting in the wake of all this. These cipher documents, did they say anything cool? I read them today and it's just kind of like this prayer goes like this. this it's the, the religion super ritualistic. Oh, yeah. And okay. also, this is my segue. There are still people who are members of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. There are varying. uh, Like subgroups? Not necessarily subgroups, but there are like more and less successful outcrops of Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn members and churches to this day. Like I was just, right before this, I was on Facebook on their page. Oh, wow. And there's like 50,000 people who like it. And they go live every morning and do like a sun salutation.
1: Oh. So there's, well, wicked yoga. There, you go, Unitarian. there are
3: people who practice. Yeah. And are they Unitarian? I to say, my email is cbrodnick at gmail.com. Just C-B-R-O-D-N-I-C-K. If anyone listening is a member or has a correction or can reach out and just explain things to me or just wants to. Tell me about it yeah,
2: because CC I'm on that. In it. CC? Yeah, cc on that podcast at gmail.com. Come on. You know, Insane. I'm not necessarily
3: gonna say convert me, but do your worst. Let I want you know, know. I want to hear it. I wanna dig it up because I'm obviously really interested and obviously there's some really cool stuff in there. And there was, you know, again, it it was super ritualistic. So it's not so much like you're gonna go to hell. It's a lot like
0: this I is their am the practice. ISIS
3: magistrate, and we are going to do this kind of sexy ritual in the dark, kind of okay. Is
2: it like a Jesus <laughs> thing or no? Uh no. Okay.
3: It's like, it's like more religious mysticism. Okay. So it's like. Spirits? Yeah, so there's like some offshoots that kind of relate to Christianity, but it's not like. I think anyone who is actually religious would be like, this is heresy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this was made up by some translator of some guy. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. So here's the scam.
1: Okay. <laughs>
3: <No>. <laughs> this is all my horrible backstory.
1: No, this is And great. I've been
3: dropping a lot of names that start with M. Yeah, M's can't remember
1: any of them, but yeah. I, I'm into it.
0: Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.
3: The thing that I fought tooth and nail to bring my son into is Dungeons and Dragons. That is the ultimate solution to parenthood. I'm Alexis Ohanian, in my podcast
0: Business Dad... I'm hoping to open up the conversation about balancing careers and family. I talked to Rain Wilson. I wanted to learn more about Rain's advice to play D&D with your
3: kids. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
0: GZM shows and the creators of 6 Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode. Or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more.
3: So, in the cipher documents, they say contact this gal. This gal. <laughs> contact <laughs> this gal. Contact this woman. Anna Sprengel. Anna Sprengel. And she lives in Nuremberg. And she's the Countess of Landsfeld. And she is the... Uh, sh- she is a medium. And she is a member of the First Order of the Golden Dawn. Which is in Germany, and she, either to Mackenzie or to Westcott, has has uh, given her blessing to start the church in London.
2: Okay,
1: so she's the originator of this. She's the first witch.
3: That's- yeah, she yes, she is the head witch. If mm-hmm. anything, good. She's the and she is again said to be a medium, so she can speak to spirits, and that's kind of, uh, you know, when you think about people creating a religion. I, I always imagine it's somebody thinking that they are talking to God or talking to their God mm-hmm. or something. And none of these guys, so these three guys who form it, which are Westcott, who I mentioned before, and then a guy Mathers and a guy Woodman. But all of those dudes, you know, one is just a coroner, they're all just kind of aristocratic guys with jobs none of them are famous occultists and so she's kind of their connection into the spiritual world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and kind of westcott who he you know he's obviously kind of shifty because he's lying about where he found the documents and he's lying about buying them he is always implying that on a sprangle and Mackenzie, who again his handwriting was uh, the, cyber the documents document, yeah. were in his handwriting. He's kind of always implying that Anna Sprengel and Mackenzie had a correspondence where she gave Mackenzie his blessing to start blessing, the, yeah. the church, yeah. and then he died. Okay, But all that you really know presently from him anecdotally and all that there's actually like literary evidence of is that Westcott himself and Anna Sprengel had a textual correspondence over letters where she gave him his blessing to start the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Okay. Okay. And in my opinion, they're just like caught in this new agey thing where the only way that they can sell these other English aristocrats on this religion is by saying... Oh, this German medium,
1: right? Gave us your blessing.
3: Gave us their blessing, and that's the new wave,
1: <laughs> right. right? So we—it's not like Moses. We didn't part any Cs, We don't have anything else, but this one German chick well, we've got cool said it was a OK from Germany. <laughs> yeah.
3: Exactly, and it's kind of hip, and it's kind of far away. It's but, definitely far away. You know, maybe this goes without saying, but Anna Sprengel didn't exist.
1: <gasps> <gasps> what? And no that's no the scam. It doesn't go without saying, that's what's so crazy. There's no Sprangle.
3: That's the whole scam. No, Sprengle didn't exist. The
1: witch doesn't exist. Oh, my gosh.
3: And, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what's so crazy is that all these things, like, I'm kind of with, I kind of get, like, Okay, lying, we need the evidence, but at least you got a medium. But she is completely fabricated.
3: And it's all, you know, it's so crazy because all the, be- you know, everything I've been winding up to, and I know it's been pretty long winded, but it's all these kind of, you know, there's one thread of truth and then there's like a parallel thread of lies. But it's all kind of one step to one step to one step. You know, it's like either the documents are from one guy or from another guy or compiled from a couple dudes and translated by one. And then they just throw a wrench in it and they just make up a medium.
2: So who do we think? Made up Sprangle, was it Mackenzie?
3: It was, you know, that's a good question. I think it was Westcott. Okay. I think it was Westcott, and you know, Mackenzie was dead, and he had Mackenzie's wife in the church, which again, she was living a cush life because you could be a super high member of the clergy as a woman in the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Yeah. So it's like.
1: And it seems like he was the one telling, retelling all the stories between Mackenzie and the German. And so he's the one saying. He's the one oh, they... with the act of imagination. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. And it's it's said that she is written, it, it's said that in the cipher documents, it says, listen, hit up on a sprangle. <laughs> <laughs> she's, got, she's got what you need to know. When I was looking through the translation of them today, I didn't see anything about that. Ah, so I don't know if that was new there was other stuff that I did. You know, I didn't know if I was just reading a weird PDF. But I looked through fifty pages of this thing, saying, "Okay, I where's trust Sprangle? you, Connor. Yeah, where's Sprangle? Where's Sprangle? Where's I that gotta Sprang? find Sprangle? And
2: he couldn't find yeah.
1: Sprangle either. No
2: one. I couldn't find Sprangle. No, either. Find Nobody
3: Sprangle. could find Sprangle.
1: Connor gives us the truth. Yeah.
3: Um.
2: Wait. So they. She was. They said that she said all this stuff. They became like the doctrine for the society, and basically she to kind was of legitimized and made a, a it. person.
3: Yeah, exactly. Okay. And it's kind of unclear because I think she was just kind of used to validate these tenants that they had put forward. But it's cool
1: that they chose to have a woman woman validate the tenant. (laughs) That is cool. I
3: think on one hand, it's kind of a sign of the times, which is, again, fitting into the fact it's this kind of like new agey, kind of equitable religion because they're like, you know, they're these aristocrats and it's the turn of the 20th century and they want to be a little different from the Freemasons. So they're kind of trying to, I think, trying to be sort of hip. It's kind
1: of sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, They're just kind of
3: being like, oh, you know, there's this cool medium in Germany and she said we could do it. And And you you should
1: respect women because she's the boss technically. Yeah. And do you think like they felt that on their own, they couldn't really have Mackenzie's wife or have some other woman be in charge. It had to be this mystical creature. That didn't exist. Yes, that, that almost that then if they were mad, they could sort of hate this fake creature. Like she could kind of be the, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I can't really tell i a, a part of me thinks it's like for mysticism's sake yeah like it was just not not because they were afraid to volley these questions maybe they were but it was just like the easy answer and kind of going with it is just like oh she it's a ghost. has all the answers <laughs> yeah. she's far away she speaks to goats. she kind of checks all the boxes it's like she's
2: wait she speaks
1: to goats Ghosts. Oh, ghosts! I,
3: know you I mean, ghosts. she
1: could. I
2: bet you she could speak to goats.
3: And
1: goats. That's a big part of the religion. You gotta chat with your goats. You
3: Got it. Well, and it's it's messy because like so this, um, I don't even know how to start with this. Uh there's this famous uh, like grifter. Yes, I
1: love it, love it. Love it. Perfect a famous for the grifter
3: pod. named. Ann O'Delia... Dysdabar? Dis-de- yeah. are. We, we know her! You talk about Dysdabar. We know Debar. Debar. Well, she... Swami? Sh- Swami, Swami Laura Horro. Yes,
1: we know her! We so, did this with Lydia! Oh my God, goes, Lydia's listening. She's going to freak out. Yes,
3: that goes full circle. I'm very glad to bring it back because she claimed to have written Westcott as Anna Sprengler. Stop! And she would. It's she hard to would. say because you guys know her. She lied about everything. You know, yes. Houdini called her the best liar ever. She has so
2: many aliases. <laughs> she is
3: always a hand in every pot. Yes. And I'm sure you guys have read about her. It's just like, what is that gal going to do next?
1: Wami's a mess. She just gets involved. <laughs> <I> know, <and laughs> she's a like, messy bitch. Yeah, she is,
3: she's everywhere. She's everywhere. Oh, wow. And she's always lying. So... She jumps into the mix. Oh, my God. And claims, you know, who know who knows where she said this? Because if you guys have seen, she lived in, like, 15 All
1: countries. over. No, Jesus. I love
3: it. Yeah. Bouncing around. And here's another, you know, complicated thing. You know, uh, ignoring Swami Laura Horos, <laughs> the myth of Anna Sprengel is she's the Countess of Landsfeld and she's of Nuremberg. And those are also what Swami Laura Horos claimed. <gasps> For Anne O'Delia Distabar. Whoa. That's, she claimed to be the Countess of Lansfeld because she claimed to be the illegitimate daughter of Ludwig the One of Bavaria. L- Ludwig the One, Ludwig the First of Bavaria and Lola Montez. That was her original claim that she used to start grifting. Well, wow. I don't know when in the mix, but that sort of got blurred into the Anna Sprengel. I don't know if that's just because she claimed to be Anna herself, but those two things are the same Whoa. in both of them. They're both... The Countess of Williamsville. That is so crazy. So when these, and alive during the these same time. papers
2: came around, did Dis DeBar just be like, yo, that's me. I'm on a sprangle.
3: She was, she was, yes. <laughs> yeah, mean,
2: papers, that's what I was thinking. Yeah.
3: The papers didn't come around okay. necessarily. I think she saw them or not. She heard about it and was like, I want on, Check on that. Please. That's my ticket. Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah, some like, fake
1: shit that I know all about.
3: Yeah. So I think she just jumped into the mix and was like, oh, that was me talking to Westcott." But I couldn't find any evidence of correspondence between Westcott and Debar. Wow.
2: So I she's don't lying bit. Yeah.
3: I don't think she was actually in the mix with with the Freemason boys.
1: But she just used that I think maybe she as her defense. The pond, no, she used them like, for clout.
3: Yeah, put me on that. I think she's literally like, put me on that. Put me on that. That was. Me. Yeah, she's a yeah. clout chaser. She's a clout chaser.
1: Yeah. God, well, I love her. Yeah.
3: And then I was reading this, this crazy thing this afternoon that there was like the name Anna a was probably totally fabricated because um there was a famous someone who founded the hermetic society in england was named anna kings kingsford mm-hmm. and then Sprengel was a german chemist who was a royal society fellow who invented a mercury air pump that was a vacuum and so people think it's a cheeky you know like on a vacuum, like on a like emptiness, like nothing on we, like the name itself wow. was just, this was just this author I was reading today. Uh, oh, Tobias Jordan, you know, he was kind of making this case that like, even her name is just like, you know, this founder of the Hermetic Society in a vacuum. It's just like, null. it's nothing. It's totally placeholder fictitious. That.
1: Connor, this is amazing <laughs> I love research. a little
2: conspiracy theory like that when it's like Me too. so complicated that it couldn't
3: be
1: true, but then maybe it's true. But then, yeah, maybe those guys thought of the exact same thing
3: in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's funny because, like, the whole thing was so mysterious and weird and in and out. And then, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Westcott winds up leaving the church.
2: Buddy, it's your church. Why are you leaving it?
3: (laughs) Okay. Right. What are you doing, bitch? You guys are going to like this, I think. Westcott leaves the church because... He leaves his holy documents in a taxi.
2: Oh, what a no, e- in that? In
3: 1901, he leaves him in the taxi and he's afraid that he's going to lose his job as a coroner. Oh, what an And idiot. he says, I'm out.
1: So it's, so, oh, that almost outed him. He was afraid that, so this was all secretive. He he was a coroner and then on the DL, he was this mystic liar. I mean.
3: It was somewhat, you know, it was like fringe, right? So I think we're dealing with this funny kind of like slice of aristocracy, like turn of the 20th century, where obviously people are trying to embrace the out and the far out and the otherworldly, but also there's some kind of staunch, obviously, right? It's, It's Great Britain in 1900. You know, there's a ton of super antiquated shit going on all the time and governing everything. So, you know, it's not... Crazy for me to believe he would lose his job as a coroner if it found out that he was the head of this church because I'm sure it was, you know, I'm I'm sure it was to a certain extent sacrilegious to someone who's maybe like a devout Catholic or Protestant in England. Or fronting as one But
2: here's my thing: is like he's an aristocrat and he's a coroner. Like that's not that. <laughs> that's what aristocrat. I was thinking too. I just looked up coroner. I was like, isn't
1: that who identifies dead bodies? Yeah, but the I dead body guy. Is yeah, that's what I, I literally, Sue, so I was Googling that and I was so embarrassed. I was like, well,
3: I think he was no. the top corner. <laughs>
1: it says, but uh, I'm looking on Google, it says historically in England, an official responsible for safeguarding the private property of the crown. So oh. higher, like,
3: well, bodyguards? and I think coroner
1: crown. And identifier of I don't
3: Obviously, I don't know with any of this, but I would assume it's like you're involved in this religion that is embracing the occult and the ritualistic. And it's not like the golden dawn is about dancing with dead bodies or anything. But somebody who doesn't know anything about your church and knows that like, you know, alice uh, Alistair Crowley is a member, right, who is, you know, a famous freak. Okay. Right, right. Um, you know, someone who doesn't know anything, knows that this famous freak is in your church and that you deal with the occult and that you deal with the hermetic and that you deal with the pagan r- ritual stuff or versions of it. And you're the guy who's in charge of all the dead bodies. It's like. Forget about it. I don't know if you're going to still be in charge of the bodies, dude.
2: Yeah, you got to keep those huh. dead bodies under control. Is, you got to keep them under wraps. It's so funny
3: because it's just like. You got to keep those bodies You got to keep those skeletons you
1: in your closet.
3: Yeah. <laughs> 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 but it's just this absurd, like, he won't tell anyone where he got the documents. Even though, again, it's not wrong to just tell the truth. You know, it took me. Probably a month of research on and off to just figure out that it's like this occultist, Frederick Hockley, his disciple, Mackenzie, writes it down, dies. His wife gives it to uh, Westcott. That's easy. It's pretty simple. Yeah, that's easy. But. This whole thing, you know, all this lying on a sprinkle, all this correspondence, all this saying he found it in a bookstall in Farrington Street. Why the fuck would you ever need to say that about anything ever? It's
1: working so hard to just be like, I think I believe in equality for women. (laughs) Like, it's really taking the long way to get there. And
3: then he just, you know, loses (laughs) his own, you know, it's. I didn't even
1: know they had cabs back then. That's (laughs) funny. He loses his
3: documents of self-proclaimed unknown origin. Yeah. In the cab, and then is like, "Oh, guys, I really fucked this one up. (laughs) I (laughs) got to quit. (laughs) I got to leave this. (laughs) Deuces." Um. Which is crazy. (laughs) Uh, All of this is absolutely crazy. Wow. And you know, Mackenzie leaving sort of starts the first divide in the hermetic order the golden dawn and then they kind of slowly dissolves and i think some people consider it to continue into like the 1910s and maybe 1920s i mean obviously there's still people who kind of practice it today so it has if not a resurgence it's continued to be kind of uh, like a, a a counter-cultural kind of religious movement since then but it you know its formal collapses somewhere between 1901 and 1905 and you know part of that is because westcott leaves and part of it you know actually alistair crowley the famous mr crowley he joins and some of the other founders are like i don't know if we really want this guy yeah creepo. and then uh you know so they they kind of bounce out and they're like well maybe you know kind of protestant style they're like actually fuck off i'm the new leader I know everything better than you. This is my second order. You know, there's some stuff like that, just... right?
1: People want to be in charge and move things around.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But but it, I... so it
1: only lasted 15 years. Yes. Wow.
3: That's well, so what much work lame for church. a short This not. is this is really just like Westcott's web. Yeah. Yeah. Westcott's lasted, demise lasted the 15 years because <laughs> yeah. it's you know, and people took it and ran with it, and other people. But it's just like he got his grubby little hands on this in 1888. And he says, "I'm out." In 1901, Honestly,
1: I, I think this is a great scam. <laughs> I, I, this is a
2: great scam. But don't well, you it's think funny if, if you're gonna start a religion, you got to be in it for the long haul. This is not a one-off project. This is not a freelance I job. Like it, <laughs>
3: He's and it's funny. Like my dad drops like, "Drop the mic and goes. My dad was like, "Well, were they making money off of it? Like, it's not a scam." And I was like, "Well." I don't think they're making money off it, but that's not because it's not a scam. Like, I think they're just trying to, you know, I think it was this grasp at, like, relevancy in this kind of newly circulating social order. Yeah,
1: I think they were trying to, like, create their own version of feminism under an umbrella of mysticism.
3: Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot. It kind of ties into a lot of stuff. It kind of loosely ties into, like, the Kabbalistic tree of life and tarot and certain forms of meditation and actually the reason all this started was because i was reading a book on meditation (laughs) and in the very end of the book the book makes it to the very end and in the very end uh the author uh pretty much like
1: psych i'm leaving this in a cab (laughs) (laughs) no he's No, no this is real
3: he's just sort of like comparing Uh, Eastern meditation as it's, you know, like the most common understanding of meditation and Zen Buddhist meditation, for example, to kind of other religious groups and other religious outcroppings and their versions of meditation. And he cites the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn because they have this really specific form of meditation that essentially... um, it's it's using the tarot symbols but not in the not in the classic tarot deck of like i flip this card over and it means you're going to die as, as kind of the, we understand it as people in the 21st century but just uses the symbolistic tarot and they like imagine all of those uh it, it's like they imagine those cards as temples and their form of meditation is literally like an imagined journey from one temple to the other. Oh, okay. That's cool. So it's, you know, it's kind of far it's like a little
1: magic carpet ride Yeah, Yeah. tarot card.
3: But ultimately grounded in the principle of meditation. Meditation. Right? And, And taking time away from yourself and imagining yourself in a different situation such that you can kind of evaluate your it's, understanding of the world. It's
1: so white people. It's like yeah. I'm going to oh, yeah. take yeah, something yeah. that is a whole nother culture, meditation, a whole nother way of life, a whole nother religion. Try it out and then bail on it a couple of years later. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When, when we're over like Bikram yoga. That's what white something.
2: people do with religion.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
3: And, you know, there's there's other little things here and there. Like, you know, the cipher manuscripts are watermarked uh, 1809 mm-hmm. on all the pages. Mm. But then they cite the Rosetta Stone, which wasn't discovered in the West until 1822. But so there's a lot of like forgery. Wait,
2: what is Conardan is Rosetta War? Stone though? I know, I just know it's a language thing. Yeah,
3: yeah, I am going to Here's, pull it wait, up. Wait, really this is quick. what I'm
2: going to guess it is while you pull it up. I'm going to guess okay, that yes. it's a stone that you touch and it makes you understand any language in the world. Okay. I'm gonna guess that it's a woman named Rosetta Stone. She worked in a brothel and spoke of five hundred different I languages. I like that too. I like that too. <laughs> Who's right?
3: The Rosetta Stone is a granodiorite steel discovered in seventeen ninety nine, which is inscribed with three versions of a decree issued in Memphis, Egypt, in one hundred and ninety six BC during the Ptolemaic dynasty. Wah, wah. I know, I know, I know. It's just uh, I just want to make sure. I think
1: so. It's not
2: a stone with I special powers. Right. I
3: mean, that's not necessarily. It's not a lady who runs up rocks. Uh-huh. Come on. Uh,
1: but wait, Connor. That just said it was discovered in the 1700s. But you said that the. But it
3: was unknown, so it was discovered uh... in 1799. But they didn't know about that in London, right? Until uh, 1822, Aye, which again so they would have known about it when all this stuff's going on. It's just weird because the cipher documents are watermarked 1809. What? Again, just an obvious little like. You little goofballs yeah. made this up, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's another... um, Yeah, okay, so it talks about the Kabbalistic Cree of life, which I kind of alluded to a little before, and the trumps of the tarot. Um, and both of those were kind of popularized by Eliphas uh, Levi, the French author, in 1855. So that's another thing. And so essentially the Rosetta all Stone... All that was even later, yeah. Yeah, so essentially the Rosetta Stone just has this kind of... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the way to describe how it would relate to all this, but it just has this
1: it looks like a literal stone, yeah, I mean in it was Wikipedia. A stone with People... hieroglyphics
3: on it, but it's essentially like the stories that we're telling were like e- Egyptian mythology. Mm-hmm. And this cites a lot of that. If it it, were history, right, depending on your understanding of it, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn uses a lot of Egyptian iconography. So I think that's just sort of where it comes from is like they wouldn't have been familiar with this iconography to cite it in 1809 Mm. yet.
2: I just want to know so much about all this like sketchy Freemason shit. So definitely email both of us if you're a Freemason.
3: And I'm so impressed with Swami. I can't believe mm-hmm. she got her grubby little mitts in all She's
1: this. on top of
2: it Because all. she
3: mm-hmm. fucked the whole thing up for all of us. Because if not for her, you could just say, you, Westcott, you dirty little devil, you made all this up. Right. But she just jumps in. She had and to she, get involved. You know, like, sh- she has become the myth of Anna Sprengel. Because she's equated herself to it. And obviously her whole deal is she could just shyster her way into anything. And it's like they didn't have fact checking conventionally back then. So it's like if she just said it to 180 people because she wouldn't shut up, that's fine. That's the law.
1: I have a kind of have a feeling. I don't know if like the times and where they were lined up because she traveled so much. Maybe she met with Westcott or got word or figured him out real fast and then was like, I'm jumping on this. Like, mm. now I'm taking it she over. She had to be this part of it. obviously a lot. Le- yeah. yeah. Like, and she she figured his number out real quick and then jumped on. It got a great opportunity.
3: And, you know, I couldn't find any transcriptions of, like, the actual letters. I think that would be the next step. I think if I could see... Because, you know, people say the letters are forgeries, right? Or all of this stuff. But I haven't seen any of the actual letters. So I would have to really... Dig but it up. You
1: didn't spend more, more months on this. Many know, more months. We're
3: fine. Be, I with need it. another debilitating yeah,
1: injury, injury
3: <laughs> such that I can. You
1: need to sprain your ankle. Caitlin, just give him a I, punch in the balls. I'm yeah, kidding. exactly.
3: Split four into eight. Eights, yeah. No,
1: stop. Enough <laughs> of this. <It's> gross. <laughs> no, just fall down some stairs. But in all seriousness. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but Connor did say he did spend more time on this than some school papers, and so I have I.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a lot well, of these. I had so much time on my hands, and then today I had no time on my hands and was really stressed out just cramming all of this into my brain because, as you guys can hear, there's just a lot of There's BS. A lot to
1: untangle. They want that, like, that, though, so you
3: don't exactly. understand
1: it. Yes, they depend well, on that. That's why Swami smelled that shit from a mile away. That's yeah. what She's what I'm like, saying. And call me Anna.
3: It took me so, like, I didn't even really have such a clear ABC until, like, today. And I've been <laughs> reading about this. Three hours this. ago. Yeah, I've been reading about this for, like, four, three months. Whoa. And just today, it was, like... Oh, of course, it's Frederick Hockley, that occultist. He would have written all. It's like, so you know. Wait,
1: so let's break it down. So Frederick Hockley's came up with some ideas, and then his student was Mackenzie. Mackenzie wrote everything down, died. Then Mackenzie's wife and Wickham, what's his name?
3: She sold it to Westcott. Westcott. So
1: Mackenzie's wife and Westcott got involved, and then Westcott shot his mouth around and then um mm-hmm. swami jumped in and said i'm this person yes.
3: yeah okay. and you know westcott is like
1: i think i made it more confusing for our listeners but that's how i understand no, it. Well, I
3: westcott's it. like i talked to sprangle Mackenzie talked to sprangle it is all good sprangle wants us to do this
1: okay sprinkles not real
3: but Sprengle's not real so swami wow. is just made like out of sprinkles oh, wait a minute she's made out of sprinkles you're that right
1: yeah. yeah. She talks to ghosts. Um, I really love that they were such feminists. I mean, that's exciting.
3: Well, that's what's, I think, exciting about the whole thing. and makes it not so sheisty.
1: Well, right, because most of yeah. these cults and most of these religions at the time were all about, like you know, tying women up and murdering them because of their existence calling them witches to burn at the stake. This was about celebrating women that they were equal to men. I don't know.
2: I'm skeptical because they're still Freemasons in a fraternal, like, male organization,
1: so... But don't you think that they were a part of it for... Okay, this is my theory. Okay. For their job opportunities, like when some guys join a fraternity because they... Yeah, the networking. So they're in the networking, and then they're like, you know what? This is bullshit. I can't handle it any longer. We're branching out, and then the way that we're going to branch out is to then include all these lies, but then the only way to legitimize that these women should be considered equal is that we have this scary, fake Anna Springles character who is a mystic and will murder you if you don't listen to her, basically. So they had to create this fake, scary woman to get everybody to behave and listen.
3: Well, and I think an even more conspiratorial idea would be that maybe, you know, because Westcott bought the papers from Mrs. McKenzie and had them lie about it, that it could have even been something as antiquated as like, he needed an excuse to put her at the top so she would be loyal and not talk. So I don't know if he would have. Back retroactively designed a whole religion yeah. wait, for that.
1: Wait, but... what if Mackenzie wrote the papers, Mrs. Mackenzie? Ooh, I what love if that, the Mama.
0: Yeah, oh, yes, that's I good. love
1: that, and that's why she's and in then, the order. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I'm on top of this shit. You can take the credit. You can run it. But this is my work. I would like, I that. like that. Yeah, that. I like that. That gives this
3: way more of a, I think, a g-
1: That's what I'm choosing to believe because there's yeah. no one alive to defend it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is feminist.
2: That's, I think,
3: much more positive. Like, yeah. yes, Miss Mackenzie wrote the papers. Yes, Anna Sprengle was made up. Yeah. Yes, you get in there, Swami Laura Horace. <laughs> Come on, Horace. Like, you lied about it. Like, get in there, girl. You get up there, girl. This yes, is I moment. love this. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: Connor, thank you so much for doing <laughs> all this Thank you guys research. for
3: letting me talk about this because <laughs> it was so fun.
2: Connor, uh, thank you so much. This Connor, is fascinating. Thank, this
1: was a joy. <laughs> yes.
3: <This laughs> thank so you guys fun. for uh, having I me. I'm this I'm was was this so I think I'm joining this
1: religion. I think I'm joining the well, order again, of the if circular.
3: If you tsunami. are a member of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn or affiliated, cbrodnick@gmail.com, scamwellpodcast@gmail.com. Yeah, please get us on email that CC. Us. And this is not, you know, this is not facetious in any way, even though I have maybe just called all of your holy texts, uh, facetious. you know, <laughs> fraudulent. <laughs> um, I am easily turned <laughs> and I would just love I'm to interested. hear what you have to say about it. And, you know, maybe Anna Sprengel was your great, great, great grandmother. And you're like, yes. dude hold the phone.
1: We'd love to meet her. Yeah. I mean, meet meet her. I mean, <laughs> we'd love to see, we'd love to hear about it. So she's probably floating
3: she's around. She's still around. Somewhere, so maybe if maybe she'll to us tonight. Sue, so do you still have your tarot
1: cards?
2: Yes. Yeah, if
3: you could conjure her first Get out Skype. your Ouija, come on. Exactly. exactly.
1: Amazing. And So guys, also, if all of this is that we're hoping is true and you want to give us a call, you can call us on our Hot Tip Hotline because you know I love a phone call, yeah. which is 347-509-9414. Mm-hmm Yes, thank you guys so much. Thanks.
2: This was a blast. Yes, and we will see you we next love week. You. Yeah, thank you, Connor.
1: Thank <laughs> okay, you. we'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a Storyglass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts. Contained herein are the heresies of Redolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling-medical-investigator. Join me as I study the secrets of the divine plagues and uncover the blasphemous truth that ours is not a loving god, and we... ...are not its favored children. The Heresies of Redolf Bantwine, wherever podcasts are available.